there, I'm Leah Ben Miller, the worship leader of the local church, and you're listening to the local church podcast featuring the messages from our Sunday liturgy. The local church is a bold, inclusive faith community based in Chatham County, North Carolina, and our mantra is our mission, love where you are. We gather for affirming, anchoring, and empowering worship every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at Woods Charter School and online via Facebook Live and YouTube. No matter where you find yourself physically, spiritually, or emotionally, you belong at the local church. And we're so glad you're here. Our scripture reading this morning is from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 6, verses 43 through 49. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit, for each tree is known by its own fruit. For people do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they pick grapes from a bramble bush. The good person, out of the good treasure of the heart, produces good, and the evil person, out of evil treasure, produces evil. For it is out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks." Why do you call to me, Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? I will show you what someone is like who comes to me, hears my words, and acts on them. That one is like a man building a house who dug deeply and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood arose, the river burst against that house, but could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not act is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the river burst against it, it quickly collapsed, and great was the ruin of that house. This is the word of God for all God's creation. Thanks be to God. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him. We took a a family road trip to Johnson City, Tennessee for a wedding that I had the uh, privilege of officiating. And so um, we packed our bags, we loaded everything up, set out on the four plus hour trip west. And uh, we had playlists queued up to entertain us on the way. We had car snacks to keep everyone uh, happy, comfortable, smiling. Um, And I had uh, programmed our final destination into Apple Maps, so all I needed to do was sit back and put my hands on the wheel and, uh, and drive. We were ready to enjoy the, the changing fall leaves and sing Taylor Swift at the top of our lungs and, and settle in for a nice, peaceful drive, and it was, mostly, until we were just past Boone, North Carolina, on winding roads with mountains 
on all sides, and the cell service started to become a little sus, as the kids say. Uh, I, I learned that from our Gen Z intern, Camber. Uh, it means suspect, right? A little sus. So, um, uh, winding, winding roads, uh, mountains. We hadn't seen a gas station or anything for miles. Uh, and I was watching my bars uh, on my cell service fluctuate back and forth, right? One bar, two bars. Okay, this is fine. And then no bars immediately. Just like that, great. Started to sweat a little bit. Um, this is fine. The GPS was still working. Works offline. Just picks back up where it left off when the connection is restored. It's fine. Everything's fine. And it was, mostly. Until a few minutes later, when the Maps app on my phone decided to crash. Just shut down. It was like, I'm done. Perfect. Perfect. Great. We got this. So I grabbed my phone waited for it to restart, reopened Apple Maps, expecting it to return where it left off, but there was still no signal. No signal. So the only thing that showed up was a blank screen. Cool, 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 cool. Great, great. I'm still driving. Mind you, it's fine. Uh, I'll just stay on this road, and when the service returns, I'll re-enter the destination on the little screen, connect to my phone. All good, and it was, mostly, until I came to an intersection where I had to either turn left or right. There was no going straight, uh, no service still. I had to make a choice. I had to decide which way to turn. And uh, I think I turned left. I'm pretty sure we turned left, but, but I was freaking out. Like my, my heart was racing. I was sweating so much. Uh, the further I drove with no service and no GPS, the more I became convinced that I was going the wrong way, the more I became convinced that we were gonna end up in the no- middle of nowhere or run out of gas, that we'd be lost in the woods, that our family would be food for bears, or worse, that I'd have to stop and ask someone for help. <laughs> at, at, one point, at one point, I actually pulled off on the side of the road, uh, got out of my car, and started walking around outside with my phone in the air trying to, uh, trying to find service. I looked ridiculous. It did not work. It did not work. What I wouldn't have given for a map. <laughs> what, what, <laughs> what I wouldn't have given for uh, uh, the old Rand McNally Road Atlas in the backseat of the car. You know what I'm talking about? Camber, I'll explain that tomorrow. Yeah. Um, what I, I wouldn't have given to have done the work to map out the trip before I left, print out the MapQuest directions, like the good old days, at the very least. But I had none of those things. So I just got back in my car, started driving, again, hoping, praying, offering some choice words under my breath, praying some more, sweating. Eventually, eventually, all the bars came back. Eventually, Apple Maps started working again. Uh, Turns out I had made the correct turn, so... Thanks be to God. I got so lucky, uh, and we made it to Johnson City without being mauled by bears, so that's a win. Hashtag blessed. Why am I telling you this? You'll see. But before, uh, before we get into it, um, a word of uh, welcome, uh, echoing Leah's welcome. My name is Brent, and I have the great joy of serving here as the pastor of the local church, and uh, we hope for three things each and every time you connect with us in any way, in any sort. Uh, that you feel affirmed, anchored, and empowered, that is affirmed in your belovedness as the child of God that you are, anchored in the good news that we share together each week, 
and empowered them to take that good news toward your next faithful step on the way of Jesus, whatever that might mean for you. Affirmed, anchored, and empowered all by God's grace. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey or on no journey at all, you have a place here at the local church. We are more whole with you, and we mean that. We mean that when we say you are more than welcome. You belong. And, uh, and we pray, we give God thanks um, for your presence among us, knowing that there are many places that you could be on a Sunday morning. And it, uh, it doesn't, it, we don't take it lightly. We don't take it for granted that you're here. Thanks be to God. In your seats, you should have a, a, an ivory-colored card. Um, that's our Connect card. We invite you to fill that out. Um, and if it's your first time among us, um, if you fill it out, return it. We'll follow up with you, and then uh, we'll um, uh, give you the option to choose from one of four organizations, and we will make a donation in your honor to the organization of your choice. And so if you fill that out and uh, place it in the baskets a little bit later uh, for communion, we'll follow up with you. Uh, Look at you, already making a difference. Um, Thanks be to God. As we begin, let's just be quiet for a moment. Holy God, even when we don't know where we are going, even when the road ahead seems fraught, even when technology fails us and we are left wandering, wondering where you might be, give us the assurance anew today that we are found that we are held, that we are loved. Give you thanks for this time and this space to lean into to the scripture. And I pray, oh God, that uh, you would use these words for good. That the words of my mouth, the meditations of all of our hearts would be acceptable. In your sight, oh Lord, you are our rock, our rock, our firm foundation and our Redeemer. Would you make it so again, God? Amen. For the last uh, many weeks, we've been uh, moving slowly, unhurriedly, through Luke's gospel, Luke's narrative retelling of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And, uh, and this is because if we're going to, as Leah mentioned up top, if we're going to be an unapologetically inclusive, Jesus-centered community, we got to know who this Jesus is. we got to know what it means to center our lives, pattern our whole lives around this Jesus. We have to know him and let his life shape our own. And, and, and so this morning, we are wrapping up a few weeks in the Sermon on the Plain, chapter 6. Uh, the Sermon on the Plain is uh, the beginning of Jesus' teaching ministry in the Gospel of Luke, and, uh, and, and it's when he really begins to just drop some wisdom. And over these four weeks, we've, we've talked about Jesus coming to the level place, bringing people together, coming onto the same plane as everyone else, not standing far off, but coming near. We've talked about how he says, blessed are you who are poor. We've talked about how he's not making any friends when he says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Last week, we talked about the humility and introspection and contemplation inherent in a life of following Jesus to listen for his true voice amidst all of the other narratives and voices that swirl around us trying to tell us who we are. If you've missed any over the last few weeks, you can catch up on our podcast feed. Uh, uh, so plug for that. 
great way to, to um, uh, spend a car ride or you know, get some chores done if you happen to have had a birthday party or traveling or what it might be. Um, that is there for you. And this week, we get uh, the conclusion of Jesus' Sermon on the Plain, and it's the final, uh, the final move in his teaching here. He's bringing it all home. This is the payoff, y'all. And so here's the first section that Aaron read for us this morning. Just to orient us, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad, free, bad tree bear good fruit, for each tree is known by its own fruit. For people do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they pick grapes from a bramble bush. This, uh, this carries that introspection idea from last week, that contemplation idea, presses it a little bit further, doesn't it? It makes you ask, what sort of tree am I? What sort of tree, what sort of fruit am I bearing? Is it sweet? Is it bitter? In other words, in prayer and contemplation, we can ask ourselves, we can be honest with ourselves about the trail that we're leaving in our wake. Is my speech building up another or tearing another down? Are my actions working toward peace and reconciliation, justice, or have shade and pettiness become my default? Just me? Is my life oriented toward abundance, justice? Or are my actions motivated more by fear and by scarcity? And what we need to remember is that these questions aren't about drumming up guilt. It's not about piling on the shame. Throughout its history, there has been way too much of that in the church. That's not what this is. Instead, I think a lot about what my dear friend Denise says. Uh, some of you know her. She's a retired pastor in the air. She hangs out with us sometimes. Um, but uh, she says, before you go wide, you got to go deep. Before you go wide, you got to go deep. In other words, contemplation, that inner work, has to come before action. We have to have the time to pause and do the hard, holy work of looking at ourselves in the mirror. It's no different than when you have conversations about what you want your life to look like. Setting an intention, thinking about your priorities, thinking about how, uh, how you order your, your calendar, your money, your relationships. These are the sorts of questions that Jesus is inviting the crowd and us to ask. I wonder how you would respond to these questions. If you were to give yourself the time and the space, does your doing flow from your being? Is how you spend your time and your money and your attention, is that in alignment with what you claim your values to be? with what you say is most important to you, with the you that you are called to be. Who wants to go first? Nobody? I'm kidding. But chances are, these words from Jesus that, that we've spent four weeks listening to uh, in the Sermon on the Plain have also kicked up some stuff among those who've gathered there to listen. Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Woe to you, who are rich. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Expect nothing in return. Take the log out of your own eye. That was last week. It's out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. For some, these words have certainly, I'm sure, brought some comfort. For others, they've presented a challenge. They've caused a crisis, a crossroads. And this is why I love what Jesus does next. Here are the next few verses. I will show you what someone is like who comes to me, 
hears my words and acts on them. That one is like a man building a house who dug deeply and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood arose, the river burst against that house but could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not act is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the river burst against it, quickly collapsed, and great was the ruin of that house. Just real quick, maybe that's why we shouldn't let men do it. Just, just kidding. <laughs> but I want you to notice, I want you to notice, <laughs> that was not here in the mainstream. Uh, I want you to notice the, uh, the juxtaposition here. Notice that in the first line, I will show you what someone is like who comes to me, hears my words, and acts on them. And then a little bit later, but the one who hears and does not act. You see the difference, right? Jesus is essentially asking, hey, you've come and you didn't leave. Good job. Points. Points. You've listened, too. You've heard. Excellent. Well done. We're proud of you. But, but now, what are you going to do about it? In other words, will you take that next step? Will you let what you've heard, what you've experienced, will you let that change how you live in response to my love and my grace for you? Will will your faith impact your relationships, your priorities, your politics? Will any of it matter tomorrow? I'm sure that uh, many of you have um, been following these conversations around artificial intelligence, chat GPT, Um, it'll draft emails for you, it'll summarize long documents, it'll write code. Seems like there's not much that it can't do. Like Alexa, smart light bulbs, and self-driving cars, and Spotify day lists, it's the latest in a long line of technology designed to make our lives easier, to free us up, to fulfill that great utopian vision from the movie WALL-E. Anybody see it? And while, uh, while I do think that we have to be thoughtful about its use and its implications. I don't think it's all bad, but, but I, wonder, I wonder how our reliance on technology, this drive for efficiency and speed and convenience and comfort, I wonder how that's affected us. I wonder how that's affected our spiritual lives. I wonder about how it's deepened our disconnect from each other and from that which gives us life, how it's reinforced and even incentivized our selfish tendencies, how it's lulled us at times into passivity or apathy. I mean, think about it. You can, you can buy something online and have it at your doorstep in two days or less. You can order food from just about anywhere and have it delivered in under an hour. We have access to the best knowledge and the most captivating entertainment right in the palms of our hands. And with smart homes, you can pull into your garage, you can have the lights just like you want it when you go inside, and your playlist playing for you in the kitchen as if it's nothing. You can drive from here to Johnson City, and your phone will tell you exactly where you need to go, mostly, until it doesn't. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. You can automate all kinds of things. You can set things to autopilot, forget it, but you can't, you can't automate your spiritual life. When it comes to faith, you can't be an innocent bystander, a passive observer. You can't just plug in the GPS and forget about it because as incredible 
as these technological advancements are, they still won't stop the storms from inevitably coming. At least for now, there will still be grief, there will still be heartache, there will still be loss, there will still be wars and rumors of wars, violence and news that breaks our hearts. What then? So this is what Jesus is getting at when he juxtaposes the firm foundation with no foundation. He's saying that without that grace-empowered work, without us meeting Jesus halfway, without the time spent, without the action, without the consistency in response to the grace that we've been given, the good news that we've experienced, the love that has been poured into our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit, without that, there's no foundation. You have nothing strong on which to build, to which you're anchored, to give you hope and encouragement and resilience and peace and belovedness, especially when the road gets rough, when you lose your way. You can't outsource it. We can't just attend to it passively when we have nothing else going on and expect, us to, expect it to sustain us over the long haul. In the same way that, that I can't run a 5K one day and then the next day be like, all right, I think I'm ready for a marathon now. And what's more, Jesus is saying that you can't just listen and then not act on it. You can't just show up and then not do the work. You can't have one without the other. For a firm foundation, hearing and doing are a package deal. It's two for one. Firm foundation requires showing up, requires time spent, It requires consistency and it requires hard, holy work again and again and again and little by little. In response to God's grace, with every prayer, with every hour spent here in worship, with every scripture read, with every coat or canned good donated for good in our community, with every laugh or embrace shared in beloved community, with every call for justice, for inclusion, Every hearing of Jesus' words that move us to action little by little, we're nurturing that relationship with Jesus. We're building on what's come before, and the foundation becomes a little more firm. But it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. Someone told me once that this sort of discipline and consistency can be like compound interest that builds over time. And it reminds me of this passage from one of my favorite books uh, called Atomic Habits by James Clear. Um, and I think about this passage a lot. He writes this. He says, the more that you repeat a behavior, the more you reinforce the identity associated with that behavior. In fact, the word identity was originally de- derived from the Latin words essentitas, Latin scholars, correct me, which means being and identidem, which means repeatedly, being and repeatedly, your identity is literally your repeated beingness. Your repeated beingness. Our identity comes from that which we do repeatedly, our repeated beingness, which raises the question who are you? Who are you called to be? Who are we becoming? And I think our response to this question matters more than ever because it is a heavy season, y'all. There are a lot of storms, and I don't have to tell you. Wars raging in Ukraine, in the Middle East. The images are devastating. Fears of the conflict spreading. 
Another mass shooting, the 565th this year, the end of October. This time in Maine left a community cowering, a community crippled by fear. Loneliness is now an epidemic with one in four persons aged 15 and up in the U.S. Uh, feels fairly or very lonely. As the holidays approach too, grief becomes so much more pronounced. It's a lot, and there's more, I'm sure, for you. But this is where you come in, and this is why these words from Jesus matter. This is the hope, because when we show up by God's grace, we share our time, and we're consistent, and let that identity of Jesus be continually formed in us, we will have that firm foundation on which to stand, on which to build our lives, one that will sustain us when the storms come and perhaps even offer shelter to others along the way, such that we won't lose hope because we know that the first thing isn't the worst thing, isn't the last thing, such that, that we may bend but not break because of the body of Christ that surrounds us, cares for us, lifts us up, such that the world will be made new because of the hands and feet of Jesus, your hands working to bring love and mercy and healing and reconciliation on earth as it is in heaven. Friday of this week, uh, Emma and Eliza and I went to Costco. Um, it was super crowded. You know Costco. Uh, and we were, we were set to eat lunch in the food court area. Uh, big carts, tiny aisles, lots of people. And there was one lone table left. And so I raced to snag it. I sat the girls down. But about the same time, another gentleman, probably about my age, maybe a little younger, walked up. And it became clear that, that we were at a table that he had dibs for. We stared at each other briefly, not knowing what to do, trying not to make it awkward. But it was, mostly, until a woman uh, in her 70s, sitting by herself at uh, the table adjacent, popped, uh, piped up and said, sir, you can sit here with me. He looked at me, and then back at her, realizing that they couldn't be more different, but then he just shrugged, sat down with her. I watched them the whole time, two strangers simply sharing a meal together. I don't know what they talked about, but they laughed and they listened as if it was nothing, as if it wasn't everything. And then she finished her meal and left with the biggest smile on her face. And I happened to be wearing a shirt, it was black, that said, um, that said we are on this earth to love and she pointed to it as she was leaving, and she said, that's what it's all about. I don't know anything about her, uh, but I can't imagine that her invitation came out of nowhere, that it was just a fluke. Good trees bear good fruit, and this was some good fruit. I guess what I'm trying to say is that a world as heavy as ours feels, as full of heartbreaking images and bad news as ours has become, I needed that moment. I needed that image. I don't know anything about her faith, whether she follows Jesus or not, but I do know that it gave me an imagination for what's possible when, after gathering and after listening, we respond to God's love with action. When we put it into practice, showed me what a firm foundation could look like. Not everything is lost.
So my friends, here is my prayer for you this morning. If you feel like you've lost your center, if you feel like you, you can't find your footing, I pray that you'll give yourself some space to do that good work, to reorder your life, your priorities around the God who loves you, who desires to be in relationship with you, period, full stop, for your sake and for the sake of this world that desperately needs your love. If it's felt like your faith has been on autopilot, I pray that the Spirit might stir in you to get back up on the wagon, show you your next step, and empower you to put your faith into practice, into action with consistency to work on that foundation because the world needs it. And if you find yourself in a storm of some sort today, I pray that Jesus meets you here. Whether through these words, whether through the songs, the prayers, Holy Communion that we'll share, that you might find your feet firmly planted anew on solid ground and trust that you're not alone and know indeed that not everything is lost. In the name of Jesus, our rock and our redeemer. If you love what you hear, share this episode or send it to someone who could use a little good news this week. We'd also love for you to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. It's an easy way to share the love. You can learn more about the local church at our website, growlocal.church, or just come see us one week. Thanks for listening and love where you are.